Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. bow down before you to exalt your name, the, the, the name of Adonai, Master, Master of all things. Jesus, we call upon you. Lord God, we need you in our life on a daily basis. Daily. Yes. Not even that. Hourly. Minute to minute. Second to second. We need you. So we, we do express to you that the powerful word of hallelujah the only word that is the same in, in every single language, and it's a heavenly word. Hallelujah. We praise our King. Yes. Hey, let, let me ask you guys something just real quick. How many of you guys in here this morning feel like you're, you're really living a, a victorious Christian life? Because I see so many that, that are even in the church that that struggle day by day and, and they don't have the joy of the Lord that He's giving to us. And, and there's fear in their life. They're, they, they're, they're living in that fear and, and, and hopelessness can creep in. And, and man, that's not what Jesus has for us. And I'm not saying every single day is going to be perfect, but I'm saying every single day we need to be relying upon Jesus in such a way where we can stand and we can walk in the promises that He has for each one of us. You guys believe in the promises? Yeah. Amen. We need to step into that. Again, we've been talking about there's an action on our part. As believers, we praise Jesus. We ask Him to forgive us and to live within us. And He asks us to follow Him. It's an action upon our part. Too many people inside this church even that are, that are living in that, that darkness, that fear, um, illness, injury, hurts, unforgiveness, offense. And God's calling us out and saying, man, I want it to end. I want it to end. I want you guys just to some humbly submit to me. I'm just, I'm just telling you, man, we're going to lead up. I'll just tell you right now, we're going to lead up to this this altar call today that's just a shotgun approach man i'll tell you right now today's altar call is for everyone if you are carrying anything if you have questions about anything no matter where you are in life if you just want to praise jesus at the end of the service when we do our altar call it is for you and i believe the holy spirit he's going to start working on you right now i bet he did in worship so we're just going to see how this whole service today unfolds it's going to be amazing let's 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 continue praying jesus we we have that anticipation and we have that excitement because we know how glorious you are lord you're always calling us to yourself and when you call us to yourself nothing this world throws at us will be enough to keep us down because you're calling us to yourself holy spirit right now right now we give you rule and reign in our life we open up the door 
Lord God, in our lives, what you need to do, what you need to do, if you need to challenge us, if you need to convict us, if you need to break us down, if you need to lift us up, whatever it is, Lord, right now we give you permission into our life, into our hearts. We humbly submit to you, Lord God Almighty, and we proclaim the name of Jesus, not just in this house, but in this community, in this state, and in this world. Lord, we understand the harvest. The harvest is ready, so give us that opportunity in our lives, no matter where it is, what time, what we are doing. Let us live by our actions that calls people to you, Lord, because we want nothing more than to live for you and to glorify you right now. We want nothing more for, for the multitudes to come to you, to make an eternal decision upon where they are going to spend eternity, heaven or hell. It's a reality. But Lord God, the reality of who you are starts now. It starts today. Our lives change today. So Jesus, in this house, in this service, you will be lifted high. Today you will be glorified. And, and Lord, do what you need to do in us today. Because Lord, our deepest desire is to walk with you on a daily basis and live in victory, in joy, in compassion, in love, in power, in forgiveness, in all of your glorious attributes and the fruit of the Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody, shout it out. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. What a, what a day today is. Man, last Sunday, what a day that was. Last week, two weeks ago, three weeks. Man, God just is on the move. He is doing stuff, and we rejoice in that, and we get excited in that. And I'm excited about today's message, but let's do a couple things before we, we jump into that. Starting out, let's, we, we're going to dismiss the kids. Kids! Thumpity thump, thumpity thump, love the thumps. Hey, Zana, will you hand me my, my drink? gonna be one of those days I gotta keep my voice wet or we're gonna lose my voice because I again I'm excited all right we got a few announcements we want to run through real quick first off today's the last Sunday of the month number one can you believe that August is almost here I, it just blows me away I can't believe that but it being the last Sunday of the month we have last Sundays after service if you have never stayed for a last Sundays, please pick today to stay. If you're newer here, if heck, if today's your very first day being in church here, we invite you to stay just to get to know people in this. We got we got the most amazing people in this church. It's good people to get to know. So uh, please consider staying. Um, it's a potluck, but if you didn't bring anything because you didn't know, we don't care. We love people. We love connection. We love Jesus, and we love food. And I mean, those are that's quite a list for for a church right there. Man, those are my requirements right there. Got to have Jesus. Got to have connection. And it's really nice to have good food. We got all of that. So please consider staying today. And then next Saturday is our float trip on the Missouri. Yeah, how many of you guys planning to do that? 
A few people? Enough people? All of you ought to. It's fun. Um, hopefully the weather will be great, a little, little overcast, right? But warm, you know. We can ask God for all that good stuff. So what we'll do is we'll meet at the Grub Stake at 9 a.m. That's, that's headed out of town toward the Missouri. It's just at Lincoln and basically I-15. It's the restaurant right there. We just meet in the, the parking lot that has potholes the size of the Grand Canyon and everything. But we're going to meet there, and then we'll all go up together to the launch point. We'll, we'll get all our stuff out, and then we'll shuttle the cars down, come back, and, and make a good day of it. But that will be August 5th, next Saturday. And then next Sunday, we're having a ministry fair here to kind of let people get to know what kind of ministries we offer, um, be it Sunday morning stuff, be it Wednesdays, um, women's group, men's group, we got crafting, man, we got all sorts of stuff. Um, but you can kind of get that information. And if you're sitting here going, but I know all of that, I've kind of done all of that in the past. Maybe it's time that you step up and maybe start stepping into maybe a bigger volunteer role, maybe with kids or youth or the coffee place or ushers, greeters, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that you can step into. So we'll just give you some information on that next Sunday before and after service. And then we have our backpack outreach going on still. Oh, Debbie, Debbie's gone, isn't she? I forgot when the backpacks are due back. Oh, the backpacks are due back today. If if there's some backpacks left, here's the thing. If you want, grab a backpack today. Fill it today or tomorrow morning. Get it back to the church tomorrow. Just text me, haul, or bang on the office door. Woo, let there be light. Um, and we'll get, that, we'll get it to the Salvation Army. I know there's a few left, but gosh, they're due back today. Okay, so if you want to grab one, grab it, fill it, bring it back tomorrow. Um, or probably Tuesday morning. I'm not sure when we actually have to take them there, but we'll make it work. So please do that. And then we're, and remember, if you grab one, it's vitally important to have that handwritten card or letter in there encouraging these kids and, and their families in this, in this school year. It makes a difference, I'm telling you. And then um, through August, we're still doing the uh, Bridge the Gap food drive. There's there's papers out there that kind of tell you what we need. Um, and if we need those things, there's other things that we don't need. We, um, we, not really me, but we as, I, I take credit, we expanded the pantry. We expanded the food pantry. I didn't, I didn't carry a single piece of drywall. I didn't screw one screw in there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we. Um, but it's over twice the size now. We got more shelving, so we got lots more space to fill. So if you want to participate in that, grab a sheet out there, and we just want to bring in as much food as we can. It's always a good time. Amen? I mean, you guys love it that we have a food bank. I love it. It's just another great thing. Um, giving, right? Four ways to give. You can give online at bridgehelen.com or you can get to that giving through our app. Our app's a great, a great tool to have as you can get to all sorts of things with our app, including bulletins and calendar and online messages and all those announcements and all that. Or you can text to give, 84321. You just 
put in that amount. You can use our good old giving boxes, which are the tried and true standby, or you can mail it to 725 Granite Avenue, right? Helena, Montana, 59601. Um, again, we all know why we give, don't we? We give because we get to. It's the same reason we worship. We worship because we get to, and we take joy in that. So we need to be able to take joy in our giving. The way you can give joyfully is by just surrendering to God and saying, God, you got every part of my life, including my finances. So whatever you want me to do, I believe God just directs us in that. If we say, God, what do you want me to do with my finances, with my life, with this day, with my work, with this person, whatever it is, God will honor that and he will direct you. And if God's directing you, you can't go wrong. Amen. So we're joyful givers here. And it just trickles down to every other part of our life. And the best part is, is when we're joyful givers and we're obedient in whatever it is, finances, worship, church attendance, ministry, opportunities, God sees that. And though he doesn't have to, he chooses to bless us. And that's amazing, right? We don't do things just to get blessed. We don't, it's not that. Um, we do things because we love Jesus and Jesus loves us. And we, we choose to do those things. But as a result, God says, man, I want to shine my favor down in your life. Maybe it's provision. Maybe it's protection. Maybe it's encouragement. Whatever it is, it just all wraps up and does amazing things. God is so amazing. I'm so excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about what he's done, done in this church, done in my life. I'm excited about what he's doing right now. And I'm excited about what he is going to do. We don't know what God's going to do today. We don't know what he's going to do next week, but I know God's going to do something amazing. On that line, man, last Sunday, last Sunday was a great Sunday. Every single part of it, you know, we had great worship. We, we studied the word that flowed into communion together here. And then we all went down to Spring Meadow Lake and, and the baptism. It was, it was amazing. It's one of my favorite things to do is, is to baptize people. And we, we need to be doing that more, right? So we pray that God bring that harvest in. People need to, you know, they get saved, they meet Jesus, and then we baptize them and they become a part of the body. And that's that's so excited. But as, but as good as all of that was last week, we as followers of Christ, we understand the importance of always pushing forward, right? And we should. We should look at life like that. It's like the best days truly are in front of us and never behind us when we serve Christ. So let's, uh, let's pray and we'll get started in this message. Father, Great to be in your house this morning. What a, what a glorious place to be. We love it. We love being with you. We love worshiping you. We love being around our brothers and sisters in Christ. Connection, truth, love, all of those. You bring those into to completion. So today, Lord God, continue. Continue teaching us. Continue guiding us. Continue challenging us to step into action, to follow you closer, to more fervently. Holy Spirit, allow me to speak only which you want me to. Lord, if you don't want me to say something, Lord God, shut my mouth. But Lord, if you have it for me, Holy Spirit, you burn my tongue until I get it out. And like always, I'm going to continue to pray it. 
Every single Sunday I'll pray it because I believe you answer this prayer immediately. I pray that nobody leaves this building today. Nobody exits that front door today the same way that they came in. Because, Lord God, you are faithful to work in us. So help us to have a humble heart. Help us be willing and help us to be open for whatever you want to do in each one of our lives. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And once again, we all shout it out. Amen. So we can have a loud kind of service or a quiet kind of service. We like loud here, don't we? We like interaction. I love it from the back row. No pressure. Back. There it is. There it is. We like it. So, so this morning, we are going to continue moving forward because, again, we're not looking back, though there's, there's good things in the back. But today, we're going to keep moving forward in our series on the book of Colossians. Have you liked it so far? Have you learned anything so far out of the book of Colossians? Have you been challenged? Boy, it's been challenging me. Now, of course, like every week, we want to put this up. We, keep, we really want to keep the reasons that Paul is writing this letter. we got to keep them in front of us because it's simply important to do so. So here's the three reasons that Paul wrote this book, this powerfully short book of Colossians. Number one, uh, Paul needed to get this message out. He needed to reaffirm these three things, that Jesus is central and supreme to all and in all things. Number two, Jesus is the Son of God. Number three, we are to strive to live a life in Christ. Remember, that's what this book is about. That's what's going on in this book. But we can never just leave it there. We need to understand why Paul is writing it, but we need to take what he is writing and actually apply it into our lives. And we can do that by making these three statements personal to us. We do that by just changing it around a little bit. Number one, Jesus, you are. You absolutely are central and supreme to me in all things in my life. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Jesus, I will constantly and continually strive to live a life in you as my Lord and Savior. If we implement those things, if we put those things into practice, into our lives on a daily basis, stuff changes in our lives. If you don't believe me, I challenge you to try it. Try doing it for a week. Wake up every morning and, and just affirm these three sentences. Just take a picture of them on your phone if you don't think you can remember, but wake up tomorrow morning and before you get out of bed, before you check Facebook, before you do any of those things, just affirm these things to Jesus, and Jesus is going to go, that's right, that is right, and, and your whole day is going to transform, it's going to change. Um, I challenge you to do that. If it doesn't, come and see me. I'll give you a free card for a coffee, um, because I'm not going to give any cards away, because the fact is Jesus does change us when we come before him first thing in the morning. Great things happen. So we understand this. We know we need to make what we are learning from in Scripture personal and active in each one of our lives. So let's do so. Now, if you remember from last week, we came to a portion in, in, in this book, a portion in, in Scripture where, where Paul seemingly makes a slight detour. Remember, he was talking about the supremacy of Christ, and he comes to this point in, in, in Colossians, in, in the first chapter, and he kind of detours over here and he starts talking about his life as a minister for Christ. And if you missed it, you can grab a listen on Facebook or YouTube, you can get to that through our app. And though it may seem 
like Paul is switching gears and, and changing the, the direction of, of this book, of this letter to the Colossian faithful believers, we need to understand that Paul saw his ministry through the lens of the supremacy of Christ. Right? So everything he is writing in this letter is, is, is tempered by the supremacy of of Christ. That's, that's the reality that Paul lived under. Therefore, in his writings, it will always come through. But specifically in this book of Colossians, it is, it is about the supremacy of Christ. So Paul then goes into telling the, the faithful believers in the Colossian church two very important things. Number one, that he rejoices in his suffering for the church. See, we can learn all sorts of things because Paul suffered. Paul lived a life that was under constant scrutiny, constant threat, constant pain, constant suffering, yet he rejoiced in all of those things. See, because of how Paul chose to follow and to preach Christ, he brought upon himself a lot of hardship. It's like voluntary hardship that came into his life because he chose to follow Jesus. To him, every part of the trials and tribulations that he went through were worth it because each and every person and each and every church was precious to God. And therefore, it was also important to Paul. I just love that mentality. It's a selfless mentality. How many times do we get so consumed in ourselves, in our own comfort, in our own stability that we, we forsake so much and so many people in our lives? Oh, but if I got involved in that, it might take my time. And if I, if I got involved over here, or if I said these words over here, it might offend somebody or they might get mad at me and we live our life like that. That's, that's really living our life in fear, right? But when we say, you know what, as a Christian believer, as a follower of Christ, there's things that are going to happen in my life, and they're going to be hard. There's things that I do that's going to bring hardship into my life, but I'm going to resolve right now that the, despite that happening, because it's always going to happen, I'm going to take joy in the Lord. I'm going to take joy in my suffering. I'm going to take joy in my hardship. See, those are the things that we can learn from Paul and adopt into ourselves. We don't just simply read this book and say, wow, Paul was a fascinating guy. Now let's move on. Who else can I learn about? We say, Paul was a fascinating guy. And oh, remember when he said, follow me as I follow Christ? He meant that. So we follow Paul's example is he's following Christ's example. And when we, when we encounter hardships in our lives, we see Jesus in each one of those. And we take joy and victory in that. The second thing, the second thing that Paul conveys here is this idea of the importance of being a steward of the gospel. Have you guys been thinking about that? Thinking about this idea of being a steward of the gospel? I sure have. See, when we combine these two things, we see that Paul took joy in ministry despite the cost and that he kept the truth of the gospel paramount to that ministry. How amazing is that? He preached the truth and he was joyful in no matter what situation. Man, I know I can learn a lot from that. 
And I hope that you can too. Because we are to be doing the exact same thing. See, Paul is displaying and living out the sacrificial life of the follower of Christ. We never want to lessen or dumb down the idea of being a follower of Christ. Oh, I'm a Christian. Well, I checked the box because, well, I wasn't a Buddhist. I'm not an atheist. I'm not a Hindu, so I guess I'm a Christian. And and I just checked the box, and then I go on living my life the same way that if I had never checked that box. or No, we don't do that. Because we were a follower of Christ, it truly causes us to live differently. And we need to be living differently. We need to be displaying, as Paul did, and living out, as Paul did, the sacrificial life of a follower of Christ. See, see, when we get to that point, we can sacrifice our troubles. We can sacrifice our trials and our tribulations. We can sacrifice our fears to Jesus, and in return, we get joy. I had somebody come up to me this morning before service and they said, hey, pastor, remember remember um, a couple weeks ago when you did that one altar call? I'm like, we do an altar call every Sunday. So I didn't know exactly which one, but she kept saying, hey, it was that one. And she said, I, I, I realized I was carrying a lot of fear in my life. And she said, I came to the altar and I just knelt down at the altar and I told Jesus, I don't want this. And she said, it, it was like this great weight was lifted off her life. And then she said something very important. She said, I left it there. I didn't pick it up and take it back to my seat. See, God wants to to do that for us. He wants us to trade all of those bad things in our life that we carry around. He wants to take those, and in return, He wants to give us joy, and He wants to give us hope. And it's an incredible thing. I invite you guys to experience that because it's available to each one of us. And then we also, see, we also sacrifice our agendas and our plan, and, and we sacrifice our schedule and our, and our ideas. We even sacrifice our personal theologies and viewpoints. And in return, God does something amazing. He, he allows us to become a steward of Christ and his message. He trusts us with that. That is amazing. Now, sometimes it's small steps, but we get to the point where we realize that, man, Jesus is trusting me with this powerful truth of the gospel and the knowledge of him. And we need to, we need to protect that, and we need to cultivate that, and we need to speak that. I would say that's not a bad trade-off. Wouldn't you agree? take our agendas and our fear and everything else, and in return we get joy and passion and a desire to live a life that's victorious in Christ. I'm telling you, he has that for each one of us. Now, all of that we really talked about last week, and that brings us to today. And now Paul is really taking everything, and he's tying it up very nicely here. He's taking the supremacy of Christ, um, Paul's sufferings for the Gentiles and the revealed mystery of Christ, and he, and he really brings it all together in, a, in really a, a challenging passage of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, electronic paper, whichever, old scrolls, man, if you've got the old scrolls, pull those out. Um, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 27. Colossians 1, verse 
Verse 27 means we're almost through the first chapter. And it's only taken us nine weeks to get through the first chapter. We are on a fast pace here. Colossians 1.27, this is out of the Amplified, it says this, God, in his eternal plan, chose to make known to them how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in and among you, the hope and guarantee of realizing the glory. Now I read this and it's like, boy, that's, that's, it's worded awesome, but, but it's worded weird because we don't always talk quite like that. So I thought, man, if we were to condense this down to something that we could easily communicate to those around us, it, it would probably sound something like this. In the Father's perfect, wonderful, and eternal plan, He chose to make known the beautiful gospel message of Christ among each one of us. It's eternal hope realized. Isn't that what Christianity is all about right there? See, and as I read the Scripture and I thought, well, this is, this is a way I could convey that to people around me, it, it, it reminded me that it sounds a lot like something that I've heard before. See if you guys have ever heard this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus said those exact words. And don't they all tie together? And aren't they all amazing? And aren't they all beautiful? See, Paul, once again reminds the faithful believers of the supremacy of Christ and the need for true ministry. Paul's words here in verse 27 convey this idea that, that God was pleased to reveal, his, to reveal to His people the glorious mystery. God was pleased to do that. And I, I just love that, this idea that God was pleased to present Jesus, to, to ascend Jesus, to reveal the mystery of Jesus. He was pleased, and He is pleased. See, our Heavenly Father is not an angry God. He is not a reclusive God. He is not a reluctant God. He is not an unknowable God. He is quite the opposite, in fact. He is a God of love. He's a God of compassion, and He is a God of sacrifice. And He extends all this to each and every one of us, not in secret, but readily available through the divine revelation by way of the Holy Spirit. If somebody wants to know not only about Jesus, but to truly know Jesus, it's available to Him, or her, or them. Because the Holy Spirit is always talking about Jesus. The Holy Spirit is always pointing people to Jesus. So the mystery doesn't have to be a mystery. The secret doesn't have to be a secret. It's just man's desire sometimes to run from it and to try to keep it in the, in the closet. Don't let it get out. Don't let Jesus come into my life that much. He might actually change me. I might actually stop living in fear. I might... Start living in joy and in hope. And, and we look at that as, as believers and we think, well, doesn't that, isn't that what everybody wants? And, and unfortunately, not everybody wants that until they get to a point in their life where they'll truly embrace that. See, it really is the Father's perfect, 
wonderful and eternal plan. It's John 3.16. The use of the word riches here is also very important. See, Paul is showing us what he already knows, that Jesus opened to him an inexhaustible treasure of Christ's riches, of goodness, glory, wisdom, grace, love, hope, peace, and joy. These attributes are abundantly available to the believer. These attributes, they're abundantly available to each one of us. And for Paul, every day of his life that he seeks God and pursues the leading of the Holy Spirit is yet another opportunity to be completely blown away in awe because he learns and he experiences something new about God. That's how Paul lived his life. And you know what? You know what? That's what being rich is all about. See, the, wa- the world teaches us this, this false idea of what being rich is. But true richness is having that everyday relationship with God that we pursue Him in such a way that He shows something to us every single day that just blows our mind. It takes our breath away. Have you been there? Are you there? Do you do that every single day? Think about that for a moment. The excitement that we experience every time that we encounter something new about God brings into perspective what true wealth here on earth right now actually is. we got to stop chasing false riches and false ideas and false wealth and understand that everything that we need to not only succeed but to thrive is abundantly available in Jesus Christ to us right now, this afternoon, tomorrow. We need to be looking. We need to be actively looking and asking for God to blow us away on a daily basis. Did you know that's a, that's a prayer that He will answer? He's not going to keep that back. He's not going to hold that back. He's going to say, Holy Spirit, you heard the prayer, do it. And the Holy Spirit's going to come in and He's going he's to show off Jesus and the Father to us in, in a way that just, it's going to blow our mind. See, that's how we need to be living. That helps us to live in victory. It is undeniably amazing to live a life in constant pursuit and relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing else can compare Once again, I ask, are you experiencing the riches of Jesus on a daily basis? Are you living in the awe and wonder of our awesome God on a daily basis? I hope and I pray that you are. See, Paul Paul is talking about this mystery, right? And I I love the use of that word because it's it's complex. It's, It's really cool. See, the mystery Paul is speaking of here is actually the same hidden treasure that Jesus tells a parable about. Look at Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a very precious treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid again. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field, securing the treasure for himself. 
The mystery that the Holy Spirit reveals to us is the treasure that we should be compelled to sacrifice everything for. And we talk about the mystery, and we say, oh, it's the mystery of the gospel. It's the mystery of who Christ is and what he has done for us. Oh, been there, done that. No, that's an everyday thing. That's a progressive thing. It's right, man, I came to Jesus, I don't know how many years ago. He completely changed my life, but that wasn't it. He continues to reveal himself to me on a daily basis. So the mystery continues to be unfolded right before my eyes, and I continue to seek that. So then when I first found the treasure and I said, I'm going to give up everything I have to, to, to obtain that treasure, it's not that I now have it and I stick it in the back closet and never think of it. It's something that I enjoy every single day and I pursue every single day. We need to be more active in our faith, chasing God and accepting what He has for each one of us. See, it is this treasure, again, that's the revealed mystery. It's the gospel. It's the good news of Christ. And the good news of Christ is infinite. It never ends. I believe we're going to be in heaven for eternity. And every day of that eternity, we're going to learn something new about Christ that's going to blow our minds. We ought to start now, right? Open your minds, accept it. And this is really what we find in, in verse 28. Listen to this in verse 28. We proclaim Him, warning and instructing everyone in all wisdom, that is, with comprehensive insight into the word and purpose of God, so that we may present every person complete in Christ, mature, fully trained, and perfect in him, the anointed. There is a lot going on in this verse. So now, really, what we're doing is, is now we're seeing the stewardship principle really come into play here. In verses 26 and 27, they deal with this mystery, and, and, and now here Paul begins to speak about the importance of, of proclaiming Christ and, and really proclaiming the gospel message, which is the mystery. So it says we must, we must proclaim Christ so that people may experience Christ, that they may have Christ reside in them, becoming the temple of the Holy Spirit in order for every person to be complete in Christ, mature, trained, anointed and perfected in him that's a lot going on there but what it is 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 paul saying man we need to have a passion and a desire in our own life to 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 pursue christ but but to help people pursue christ in their lives in order that they may be complete and in and the only way you can do that is by being a steward to the truth of scripture now listen closely here it's a living and active process because we have a living and active God. So Paul here is, is helping us to understand that the gospel message, it's not a system or a collection of rules and regulations. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not religious requirements or human-based works. The riches are found in relationship with God with Jesus and the rewards are an eternal life with him starting now we got to realize we need to be living our eternity now you don't have to wait until you die and step into glory to be living your eternity live it now for 
Christ. The mystery, the gospel message that Paul is, is speaking of here, it's, it's also not simply words. It's not just words. It's the glorious person of Jesus who is the fulfillment of the deepest hopes of mankind. It's given by the Father to be the source of a new life for each one of us. Now, in, in this passage, in this verse, did you catch how Paul starts it out by saying, we proclaim? We proclaim. This is so awesome and so important. See, Paul uses these words, we proclaim, because he is separating himself and his fellow true biblical preachers from the false teachers, and in this case, in the Colossian church. See, he makes a distinction between those who preach and proclaim a biblical standard with everyone who does not. It's like, you preach the Bible, you're over here. You don't preach the Bible, you're over here with everyone who does not. See, unfortunately, I'm seeing this more and more every day. And in more and more churches. Those in a pastoral or preaching position who do not hold a biblical standard. And that can be either blatantly, because they don't want to, they don't believe in it, or they don't hold to a biblical standard because of fear. They don't want to offend anybody. So I can just keep the, the money coming in if I preach an easy message, if I leave the whole Jesus truths out of there, and then I won't offend anybody. Then we can make the church mortgage and, and we can pay for this and that. See, it's this giant mess. Paul, Paul didn't operate that way. So despite the reason, Paul here is drawing the distinction and the modern day Bible-believing church must also apply this same standard. Would you agree? I would. Our, our requirements for a church shouldn't be based upon location, convenience, hype, or ease. Don't, don't, don't pick a church based on those kind of requirements. See, Paul understands the importance here, and this helps us understand why he says, we proclaim him, warning and instructing everyone in all wisdom, that is, with comprehensive insight into the word and purpose of God. See, we are to be compassionate to the unbelievers but never at the expense of truth. Agreed? We are to be compassionate, but never at the expense of truth. See, warning and instructing sounds like something um, more than a sinker-sensitive teddy bear, rose-colored glasses, easy kind of gospel message that, that a lot of nominal Christians and nominal churches are pursuing right now. So then how do we present the gospel? How do we present the word to the unbeliever? This is a hard question. It's something that, that we should struggle with. We should rely upon the Holy Spirit in every unique situation. But in general, we present 
the, the gospel message with compassion, encapsulated with a comprehensive insight into the Word and purpose of God as led by the Holy Spirit. Not all of you are going to like this, these next statements I make, but I'm going to make them anyway. Because here's the deal. Love without truth isn't really love. It's enabling. And the last thing any of us want to do in here is to enable somebody all the way to hell. It is easy to combine love and truth. It's not easy, is it? It's not easy at all. Depending on the situation, depending on who we're dealing with, it's, I wish it was more easy to love and to speak truth combined together. But remember, we are to rejoice in our sufferings. We are to rejoice in the hard things. We are to take joy in the scary things all the while being a steward of the Gospel. Remember, we're to live in joy being a steward of the Gospel. We're to live a joyful life being a steward of the Gospel. It just all ties together perfectly, doesn't it? As if a divine Creator came up with this plan and gave it to us. And all we have to do is really follow it and live by it. In verse 28, Paul also uses the words everyone and every person. He wants to make sure that the reader understands that the gospel message of Christ is available to everyone and every person. See, the false teachers that the faithful believers of, of the Colossian church are dealing with, what they have actually done is they have taught an exclusiveness to their doctrine. They made their doctrine exclusive. It's only available to certain people. And Paul is combating that by proclaiming that the true gospel message of Christ is open and it's unrestricted. And we need to be aware of how, how easily we can slip into an exclusive mindset. We as Christians are really good at wanting to pursue that exclusive mindset if we're not completely aware and diligent and have our eyes and ears listening to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you it's easy to slip into that exclusive mindset. See, it's totally based on pride and spiritual arrogance. Yeah, ouch. If I do this, or I do that, or I, I go to this conference, or I read this book, or I follow this pastor, or this preacher. See, if I do those things, then I'll be given a special spiritual insight and be above all these other Christian people, these so-so, these, these mediocre Christian people. People. I'll just be a little bit more holy than them. I'll know just a little bit more. Maybe I'll get a title, right? And I can walk around and I can brag about this title and who, who I am in Christ and why, why I am above all these other people in church. But that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught that He was available completely, 100% available to everyone. 
He also taught that as a born-again believer, we are to be seeking Him and going deeper in His Word. Man, a lot of us need to just throw the books away and keep the one book, this one book. You want a good author? He's, hey, pastor, who's a good author? Who's a good, who, good author? What, what book could I get? Well, you should get the Bible. And, and well, there's a great author. His name is John. You ought to try reading John. And if you get done with that, try reading Paul. And then there's Peter. And oh, man, you're going to love James. There's all sorts of great authors in here. I don't know why we ever stray from this book and think we need to find some other book at the bookstore because everybody else is reading it. Get in the Bible! The Bible is where it's at. It is the insight that we need. Because Jesus is available to everyone and each one of us. He also taught. Jesus taught this. Greatest author ever, Jesus. He also taught that we, as born-again believers, we are to be seeking Him and going deeper in Him. And as a result of that, we do not become a religious elite or some hyper-spiritual guru, but rather we become more like Jesus, a humble servant leader who has a desire that none shall perish. False teaching is almost always tied to exclusivity, and it's the greatest internal threat to a church body. Did you know that? Church is going to fail, not because of what's coming on the outside. The church is going to fail, it's what's going on on the inside. And most of the time, what's going on, if there's issues going on, there's this exclusive group that says, hey, if you do this, you become more like us, and we're above this and that, and it brings division. There's a lot of ministries out there that live on division. They bring division into churches, and then these churches fail, and they just go on happy as they can be because they've tried to set themselves above everybody. But it's, again, it's not Jesus. Why is this doctrine of exclusivity so dangerous? It's because it brings division to an organization that deeply requires unity and connection. Look at Romans 16, 17 and 18. I urge, this is Paul's writings. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to keep your eyes on those who cause dissensions and to create obstacles or introduce temptations for others to commit sin, acting in ways contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. Turn away from them, for such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites and base desires. By smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting, the innocent and the naive. We are told to actually avoid or to turn away because such people do not serve Christ, but rather their own appetite, agenda, and desires. And that's a stern warning and one that we need to heed. Paul's goal was to proclaim, admonish, and teach in order that all may be presented complete in Christ. 
And this goal of Paul's, which should be each one of our goals, brings us to the last chapter in chapter 1. Or the last verse in chapter Anybody want to Woo! We made it! We're through chapter 1! Bring on the next two months of chapter 2! But we come to this point, and it's an amazing point that we come to. Look at what it says. Colossians 1.29, the last verse in chapter 1. Great. For this I labor often to the point of exhaustion, striving with His power and energy, which so greatly works within me. Paul was driven to proclaim, admonish, and teach that all may be presented complete in Christ. See, the, the Greek word used here for labor actually translates to a, a wearisome toil. And it means often to the point of exhaustion. So Paul here, he's, he's like saying, man, I labor to the point of exhaustion, to the point that I, that I can barely go on. And, and this verse is so great because it presents this wonderful paradox. And this verse becomes even more inspiring when we balance it with Philippians 4.13. I can do all things which He has called me to do through Him who strengthens me and empowers me to fulfill His purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. So though Paul is seemingly saying that he exerts all his strength, he can still do all things, not by his own strength, but in Christ who strengthens and empowers him. And that changes everything. That changes everything. There are so many things in my life. There are so many times in in my life that, that I'm like, man, I'm going to do this on my own. Only to become physically, emotionally, and spiritually worn out. I just learned this week that a, a pastor friend of mine in, in Kansas, he was trying to do it on his own. And he got to the point where he tried to end his own life. And luckily he didn't. Not luckily, because of God intervened and said, I'm not done with you yet. But now he's, gone, he's stepping away from his church. He's stepping away from all of those things. And he's admitting that he was trying to do it on his own. See, when we try to do things on our own, we bypass Philippians 4.13. And we, we say, I can do all things that I want to do. I can do all things under my Ability. I can do all things that, that, that I want to do. And, and that's just not it. We live in a world that comes at us all the time. Ministry. Living the Christian life is hard. And I'm telling you, we can't do it on our own. And Paul understands this. So Paul says, man, I labor to the point of exhaustion, but not to the point of defeat. Because I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And for each one of us, in each one of our lives, it has to change everything, doesn't it? 
See, when I take a step back and I give it all to Jesus, it is now His strength and His endurance that I'm running on and relying upon. Verse 29 shows us that through a faith in Christ, we can link our life with the source and strength that enables us to rise above our natural limitation. And that makes sense. Because after all, we serve a supernatural God. Worship team. Worship team, would you? Uh, we're going to give Mel just a couple minutes here. Uh, <laughs> perfect timing right there, right? But it all makes sense. And we take all of this in this passage. Go ahead and bring the lights down, would you? We covered a lot this morning. We've covered a lot in this passage, and I want you guys to don't dig your heels in. Don't run to the bathroom. We got stuff to... Man, if you need to run to the bathroom, I understand, but don't just step out of here right now. Don't tune out. Don't quit on me right now. Because we've been through a lot. And like I told you this morning, we're going to have a shotgun approach to an altar call this morning. Because I believe that there's things in our lives that we need to approach Him. And I talk to people, and, and, and those people that, that have submitted, and they said, you know what, I'm going to walk to the altar. Those people say the same thing. They're like, God could have touched me in my seat. He could have revealed all this in my seat. But sometimes God is saying, are you humble enough to walk forward? Relinquishing your pride and your fear. And then I believe, again, that's where we are at today. Take what we saw in Scripture today. And we look at that through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. And you need to ask yourself, do I need to come to the altar today? See, maybe you have lost your appreciation for the beauty of the Gospel. Paul took joy in the beauty of the gospel. But sometimes we can lose that appreciation. It's not that we deny it by any means. No, we're just losing the appreciation that we should have. Or maybe you're sitting here today. Maybe you have to admit that you haven't been the steward of the gospel that you should be. Remember, a steward is somebody who takes care of protects. He employs the gospel message. Man, if you're sitting in here today and you're going like, man, I just don't know if I've been the steward to the gospel that I should be. Maybe maybe this morning's a morning. You just need to have a little time with God up here at the altar and just admit that to Him. And then He's going to trust you with it. Or have you fallen into the exclusive trap and are either dealing with a prideful attitude or maybe you're on the other side of that exclusive trap and you're just not feeling worthy if anybody has ever made you feel unworthy be it another human being or if it's the enemy himself that's not the truth of Jesus time to get rid of all that 
Time to come forward. Get with God. Maybe you're just tired of laboring in your own abilities. Maybe there's a load that you're carrying and you just can't carry it anymore. You're exhausted. Like the lady that talked to me this morning. Bring it to the front. Put it down. Be released. Be freed. And then don't pick it up. Maybe you've never truly met Jesus in the first place. Maybe today's the day where you're saying, man, I want all those things that pastor's talking about. I want it all. That's the mystery of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is divinely opening that up to you. Don't resist it. Come and get some Jesus. Get him in your life. Become born again and living that way. Remember, we're not to leave here differently. We're to leave here changed. And we can because of Jesus and with the help of the Holy Spirit. So if you all would stand up today. If there's anything that you're going through that I didn't speak about, that I didn't invite you to the altar for, know the Holy Spirit is the ultimate inviter. He is wooing you. He is calling you. So despite what you're going through, if you need a physical healing, if you need an emotional healing, if you need a spiritual healing, this morning is a great morning to come to the altar and experience Jesus with reality, to experience the Holy Spirit power with connectivity. So as we pray and we enter into, I don't know, maybe we need more than one last song. It just depends on what's happening at the altar. We're going to respect the Holy Spirit. Not the clock. Not the potluck. Not any of that. We're going to respect the Holy Spirit. The food's going to be there. Don't worry about that. Don't let this time get away from you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are divine. Heavenly Father, you are all powerful. Heavenly Father, you are calling to each one of us through your Son, Jesus Christ, as made manifest by the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, help us to not submit to fear or pride or anger or a lack of self-worth or maybe thinking too highly of ourselves. Lord God, help us to just drop all of that and help us just come to the altar and worship you. Maybe there's some in here just just want to be in the altar just to bask in your goodness and glory. Maybe there's some that are confused and are needing answers to big decisions in their life. Lord, I know that you have it all. You have it all. So Lord God, I ask that people come and receive what you have for each one of them. That we truly may leave here changed and different, actively seeking you, living a life full of joy and stewardship and hope and love and compassion and in truth. Jesus, in this we pray yes. your name. Amen. The altars are open. 
This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.